Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and garden. Now this week it is the Gardener's World Live special. Yes, I spent a couple of days up at Gardener's World Live at the NEC near Birmingham, which is a a yearly garden show and it's actually one of my favourite garden shows. I started going a few years ago, thoroughly enjoyed it. You'll hear more about that a little bit later on. First, of course, we start off with a bit of gardening. It is Saturday the 18th of June 2022 today and I am down on the allotment. Now, I haven't been here for the last couple of days due to being at Gardener's World, which you will hear more about a little bit later on. But I've been down here pretty much every night before then, making sure everything was watered and keeping on top of everything. And it's been a a lot of work has gone into this allotment this week. And I'm really, really happy with how it works quite nicely, just popping in on the way home from work. Now, something I've been keeping a close eye on this week has been my Morello cherries. They have been getting redder and redder throughout this week. And I was half expecting them to be ready while I was away at Gardener's World. Fortunately, I came here today and they're still not quite there. I reckon within the next few days, they're starting just to go that darker red. So they are almost, almost there. And then it's going to be a race of time to pick them before the birds get to them. I usually end up losing quite a few to birds. Hopefully this year that's not going to happen, but um, we'll keep a close eye on it. I'm, I'm Actually, I've got to say there are hundreds and hundreds of cherries on this tree this year, so it's been a really good year for cherries, providing, of course, we can beat them before the birds. After that, I went over to the top half of a plot and I planted out some more sweet corn. I've got a a bed dedicated to sweet corn, which I planted a few out a few weeks ago and they've been doing really, really well. And I just added a few more to that to grow some more sweet corn. I do enjoy some really lovely sweet corn and I'm hoping this year to grow so much of it that we don't have to buy any. Now I say that because we eat a lot of sweet corn at home and sweet corn is one of those staples that I think we tend to eat a lot. They go well on Christmas dinners etc etc. But when you grow your own okay you can actually grow quite a few sweet corn and especially if you take them off the cob but I never find it's possible to grow enough so I'm hoping this year by having a huge bed dedicated to it we might actually have enough sweet corn growing in order to grow enough of it if not we'll have to grow more again next year to try and make it worthwhile after that i went and harvested another row of our rocket potatoes the rocket potatoes this year have been fantastic absolutely fantastic they've been delicious we harvested some over the last few weeks when we've we've basically harvested one row so far so this is a second row that i harvested all in one go today we're going to take those home and they'll last us a week so i'm, I'm quite happy with that maybe even longer than that we'll see depending on how many we eat but What I'm really liking about these potatoes this year, they're coming out nice and clean, not needing much preparation work. They have a good size. They're larger than a chicken egg. So for salad potatoes, that's really what you want. And in fact, some of them are as big, I would say, as a jacket potato in some cases, which might be a bit too big for salad potatoes, but actually they just need cutting up before cooking. But they taste fantastic. So really, really happy with that. 
And I've got a good amount of new potatoes out of this row. There's about two kilos I've harvested today, which like I say, that's more than enough for us and will keep us going for quite a while. And I always say the food that's just in season always tastes the best and that's certainly the case with these new potatoes. I went over to the raspberry patch and we're getting quite a few raspberries at the moment, which are delicious. Absolutely delicious and we've uh, we've picked quite a few of them. I'm going to keep, come down every day and just keep picking them just to try and make sure that we get on top of them. What I've got to do is try and get some plastic pots that I can just keep bringing down and top them all up all the time just to make sure I'm always got them going. But I'm looking, because of the amount of weeds that we have in the raspberry patch areas, I'm looking at building a new raspberry bed and actually starting to clear away a lot of the weeds and really get it prepared before the raspberry goes in. A mistake I made, well actually it wasn't a mistake, the raspberry bed was almost here before I took on the plot and I've just sort of used what we've had here. And I, what I should have done was cleared them all out and started again and made sure the ground was completely clear. Not that easy though, not that easy when you've got an entire allotment to try and get into shape, but I think what I'm gonna do, give it a year of being covered over and that should kill anything off and then I can start using it. It's what I found has worked really well on other plots of the allotment. A year with a, a cover over it seems to really work at killing off the cooch grass. So yes, it's been another productive day, in fact, a whole productive week. The onions are nearly ready. The garlic, I'm going to say, is ready. So I've got to start making room in the greenhouse in order to start hardening those off. The shallots will be ready as well. But basically, I'm just like, the allotment, it is coming into its own now. We are getting food come in. And for me, that is so, so important. Now, as I said, I went to Gardener's World live this week, and it has been a fantastic show. I go every year now. I started going about five years ago, and I have thoroughly enjoyed myself every time I've gone. So I make a point now of going every year. And I always make content while I'm there. So what I've done this year, I met up with a few other allotment holders, and I thought we'll have a chat about what they've liked about the show this year. So Garner's World Live, this show I've been to for the four, fourth time. And uh, last year we spoke to the one, the only, Nigel from Muddy Boots Allotment YouTube channel. Nigel, nice to see you again. Good afternoon, Richard. Nice to catch up here again. Yeah. But you're not on your own tonight. We have got a long-term listener. First time on this podcast. His name's Adrian, or also known as TurboStream, also on YouTube. Adrian, welcome. Hi, Richard. Welcome to Birmingham. Thanks, guys. So, we've been here pretty much all day. Is there anything that has really caught your eye? Well, I always look at the shower gardens first, and I'm amazed at the quality and effort that goes into putting into them. I know there's a big team in that, but even so, the short time scale, it's amazing what they can pull out of their hat. And the quality of this year is as good as ever, if not better. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say the show gardens are so nice place to start actually. Show gardens are so we come to these shows, we see them and they always look absolutely pristine and there's so much effort and a lot of money that goes behind them. But they do show what you can do in your own gardens. Has that given you any ideas, Adrian? Um, yeah, it has, yeah. It's just, the talks I found more interesting actually. Yeah? 
some of the information that they, they talked about with the, the talks and the food and, and various stuff like that. I think it's, it's fantastic. It's your first time, so I didn't really know what to expect. So as your first time and not knowing what to expect, will you be coming again? I think I will, yeah. 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 I mean, I looked at the show gardens. They were, they were good. I think they're a bit beyond my gardening level at the moment. <laughs> That's the one thing I've, I've, I've thought of. Yeah. Well, I think we've said before, the show gardens, as we said, they're pristine. Yeah. There's a lot of money behind it, but you've got some good ideas. I noticed one thing on Frances Tophill's garden. She's built some a greenhouse out of some old windows, I think, out of her, gar- her house. Yeah. And that, on allotment, it just shows the ingenuity of what can happen. The thing I find, the good good garden, but the highlight of the garden, which is the attraction for me when I thought, saw it from distance, was the water feature. And it was simple, simple as a chain hanging down with water dripping off it. And it is really effective, an eye catcher. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? I've not seen that yet, so I think we'll go afterwards and we'll have another look. Excellent, excellent. The one, the one thing I like about the show gardens and all is once you have a good looking usually the designers hanging around and they're only too happy to come and have a chat with her and then if you've got any queries of how you've done this they'll quite happily say oh it's done like this and you can pick up a few good ideas like that as well yes that's something I've hit up on many times is that these are show gardens they are made to look amazing but they're to give you ideas and you can take that away you may only like like you said the water feature you may only like that bit from it but take that away and put it in your own garden yeah the, the, I think the, the remit for most of the designers, there's quite a lot of new designers this year come to Morven, and I must say, for a first time effort, there's a lot of good designs. I'd be, I'd be more than happy to put my name to it, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, there are a lot of stalls going on here, which is also, I think, good to see. Has, have you brought anything, Nigel? I've only brought actually food items, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gardening, some. I think the actually trade stands within the inside buildings have got less and less. The the good food show seems to be taking over the majority of it, but there's still a few decent stalls outside that yeah. can buy plant stands and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I should explain that we've got BBC Good Food show here as well, all covered in the same price of a ticket. Um, for me, because we grow vegetables, we are cooking our own vegetables, I quite like the Good Food show tied in, yeah. as it seems to go. Um, Adrian, have you brought anything today? I've brought nothing at all. Well, that's a good conversation start, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I just want to mention about uh, the floral marquee. Mm-hmm. I always look forward to having a look in there, but this year was a bit special because this year's the 100th year of the BBC, but also it's the 30th year of, God, of the Gardener's World Show. And I was speaking to my wife earlier on. We've actually been to 29 of the 30 shows. Wow. Wow. Is that some kind of record, do you reckon? We, we missed about three or four years ago when we was on Aldi. Yeah. We went to the very first one. We've been every year since, except for we missed one. So we, we've done 29. Gardeners are alive. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and that shows my four and, up. And I, I'm at, it's amazing how the format of the show has changed as well, because if, you, if the listeners are familiar with the layout of the show here, the size of the halls, all that on the original, I'm going to say 15 shows was all gardening show, and the good food wasn't there. All that, the same size was just gardening stuff. Yeah. So you can see how it has changed over the years. Yeah. Now I find that interesting. You've noticed that there's less and less gardening stalls on the inside, and that the good food has taken over. 
Is that a sign of the times, do you think, that people spending less on their gardens? Um, I, do, I do find that. And, but there's less and less of same. Before, you could come in, you could go and buy, buy 20 watering cans from 20 different people. Yeah. Now I find it hard to see people selling watering cans. It, it, it's, it's, there's very restricted yeah. items for sale. Yeah, in fact, Adrian, we were looking for a tool for you, yeah. uh, which was a... You can explain it. Well, it's like a, a hand race fighter, wasn't it? The Wolf Soil Miller. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. Well, I saw that on your channel. Yeah. It, it, it is a good tool, but... I couldn't but see one. Usually, not... that's it. There's a company called EP Batter, so it's usually a, a wolf stockist. Yeah. And I, I've done all the uh, gardening stalls inside, and I haven't seen them, so they're yeah. obviously not here. Yeah, yeah, we've noticed that. Now, I did actually spend a bit of money today, believe it or not. I bought myself a couple of plants. I bought a Sichuan pepper, uh, which is a, a type of pepper yeah. that, a, for um, a pepper mill, yeah. and a hairless kiwi grape, or kiwi berry. So I'm looking forward to growing those. I'm going to get some advice from the plant experts a bit later yeah. on how to grow those. I, I'm guessing you've not brought any plants today. Not yet. I mean, I'm still going to have another walk around the, the plant market because there's some gr- good tributes in there. The one to Peter Seabrook is just amazing. I'm sure he would have really enjoyed what they've done for him. But also there's other feature gardens there like Only Fools and Horses, um, Peaky Blinders and the Archers and stuff like that. They, yeah. They've really gone to town to celebrate this 100th anniversary of the BBC. Yeah, I really like the Archers uh, uh, stand because basically it's a shipping container showing off the Grundy's Cider Club with an apple tree outside and this sort of meadow area full of these beautiful plants and this old horse carriage and tractor, the old tractor. It was was as though it was made for YouTube gardeners. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. But it also, I could picture that, I listened to the Archers and I could picture that in that, in that, Exactly how I imagined it. Well, exactly might be a bit of an exaggeration, but you get the idea. We mentioned talks earlier. Have you sat in any talks? Nigel's nodding his head. No, not really. Which talks stuck out for you, Adrian? I enjoyed the the, um, plot to plate when we first first met up. Yeah. About preserving food. Yes. And and using the 2% um, salt method. Yeah. When you marinate um, cabbage into salt and you only use 2% of the weight of the cabbage yes. I thought that was fa- fascinating yeah that was making sauerkraut and yeah. I learned something from that yeah, yeah. Um, something I'm going to be trying to do this year time allows me because I quite like sauerkraut I tried it but I didn't get on with it so maybe I'll try the 2% maybe I'll put too much salt in last time yeah so having a look around the show gardens I assume you've been around most of them have you is yes it, is anything stick out for you as Head and shoulders above the rest, or um, the the Grundy one. I know that's not necessarily a show garden, yeah. but for me that did stick out for, as something really, really I really liked. And I did like Francis Tophill's garden because it seemed very naturalistic, yeah. using recycled materials, which yeah. this day and age I quite like. Um, for me, that stuck out. I didn't see much in the way of vegetable gardens other than Garden Organics yeah. show garden. Um, but that was quite small. And again, it's a show garden. It's the wrong time of year to really see the plants showing themselves off. But give it another couple of months and we would see some amazing vegetables in these places. The National Vegetable Society also, they have a really stunning uh, show garden here, which is very similar to what they have at Bewley, where they've got these straight lines of cabbages and shed. Yes. And it looks beautiful. And I think it's what everyone fantasises about. 
yeah. when they have a veg garden at home but actually applying it and being practical this is something we've discussed earlier not all show gardens are practical no I, I, I think they um, say they have a remit to work on and they've got to defy or abuse the rules of gardening sometimes to make it look good for yeah. the space what's involved obviously you look at the vegetable garden and you wouldn't naturally plant those vegetables as close together as they are in the show garden but say for practicality they've had to do it yeah. to display what they've got in the space available well it's more pleasing for the eye but it's also if you're trying to make a vegetable garden that's pleasing to the eye when you've got a row of leeks and you pull that one leek out for your dinner it suddenly goes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. the reason I start mastermind off in modules because I'm a stickler for regimental planting, yeah. and, and I hate to see gaps in rows. It destroys me to to uproot a salad bed, as you just mentioned, pulling the lettuce out. There's a big gap in. I'd rather rip the lot out and have a plant. You start to win in, don't you? <laughs> Work up the row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this has been an interesting chat. I've got to say, I think. Out of, scores out of 10 for today's show. I'm going to give it an 8 because it's probably the... I know there was a show late last year, but this is the first full-blown show we've had since the uh, lockdown ceased. And people have come out in full force. It's a good turnout today. And I'm sure this is going to be the way forward again. It's definitely been a lot more people here than last year, but also a lot more stalls, a lot more talks and a lot bigger area used up so yeah Adrian out of 10 I'd say 8 is the first time visitor it's yeah. packed out it's been very warm yeah. I've enjoyed it yeah, yeah. fantastic fantastic I'm, I'm going to say an 8 as well just because I don't want to be the odd person out <laughs> <laughs> um, thank, great chatting to you guys Welcome, and, uh, thank, thank you Richard you. love to have us on thank you no yeah, thank you very much it is Sunday the 19th of June 2022 today and you find me at home in my home plot. Now we had a nice bit of rain come through last night, a real amazing storm has happened and it was really well needed I've got to say. As I said Thursday and Friday was incredibly hot and I wasn't here to water everything and although I made up for it yesterday the rain just has really finished everything off and just there's something about plants that seem to respond better to when it rains, I always feel anyway. They just look healthier, they look better, and the rain just, I think, does a better job than what I can do myself. So I was very, very thankful for that. Thankfully, when I got up this morning, the sun was shining, and it turned out to be a beautiful day. Now, I mentioned last week about Roxy destroying one of the grow bags, which was in the patio garden. Well, unfortunately, she started to destroy another couple of the grow bags. So what I've had to do, and it's very difficult to do this, is I've moved these grow bags out to the front garden. That way she's not going to be able to get to them as easy. I can still grow the food that I want to grow in these areas and uh, make the most of this space that we have, really. I I'm trying, as you know to use every little bit of space to grow my own food and I've always been trying that and the front garden for me just seems to be an area that we don't think about where we grow as much food and what I've been finding is that fruits in pots seem to do really really well out the front actually we've got just a berries we've got black currants and so on so the front garden really is quite an area 
that I haven't used to its fullest in the past. I know we've got these grow bags with tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers in them, so hopefully they're going to do well and hopefully Roxy won't destroy them. Now this has left me a bit more space in the patio garden in which I've added a few more pots of plants. I seem to have a lot of plants just coming out of my ears at the moment but I don't mind that. I do not mind that because I like to make sure everything gets used. Now in the main vegetable garden area one of the beds I grew a mustard in last year and this mustard has self-seeded all over the place. Now I'm not regretting that because the mustard was quite tasty and basically I have got three plants. So what I've done, because they have taken up quite a large area and they are all over the place, I have dug a few up. I've left some to make a row of this mustard. It was Kumasutra or something. Um, the, the others I've dug up and I've moved those into other areas where hopefully they will grow. Again, these are going to need a lot of establishing to make sure they really get going. But um, I'm looking forward to that and seeing how well they get on. I've got to say at the moment, the vegetable garden area is really coming to life. Something I've been doing every morning this week when I've been at home is walking out into the garden and picking a few strawberries and a few raspberries for our breakfast. And every morning I'm getting a handful. It's really, really nice. This is one of the things I love about vegetable gardens. In fact, I can go out to my garden and just pick what I wanted. Now, something else I've done today is I've potted up some plants that I have brought from Gardeners Wild Live, and there was two plants that I brought. The first is a kiwi berry plant. It's a hairless mini kiwi, and so I don't think it's necessarily an exact kiwi, but um, don't know, we'll find out. And the other one is a Szechuan pepper plant. So this is the type of pepper that we would use to make peppercorns. Now, these went to grow very well in England, but I don't know how it's going to turn out until I actually do it, of course. But I've never grown these two plants before, so I thought, while I was at Gardener's World Live, there's two people that I knew I could ask to find out more about these plants. Well, no visit to Gardener's World Live would be complete without a visit to two other well-known podcasters, Lucy and Saul from the Talking Heads podcast. How's it going, guys? Oh, Richard, hello. It's lovely to see you. And we have to say straight away, thank you so much for the lemon cake that you bought us this morning. We are so very grateful. It's been hard work on the desk. There's been oh, a lot of questions. I've done lots hot. of water. It is hot. Yeah, I, uh, I don't mind saying I've got a glow about me. Yeah. It's quite warm, um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. It's about 26 degrees, 100% humidity in here. It's not, I, I would say, it's not too unpleasant i think tomorrow's gonna to be worse but we're having a good down week lots of uh it's, it's it's nice isn't it to be back in here doing bits and pieces isn't it, it is lovely yeah. it feels very uh, everything's sort of more relaxed now when it comes to covid and, and what we're doing it's just lovely to be back in that scenario so tomorrow is going to get his knees out i'll warn I'm you putting now a pair of shorts on he's putting wow. shorts on i'm gonna have my dress on because it's gonna be a really hot day tomorrow we need to be mindful of that and dress accordingly so yeah if you come along tomorrow be prepared you might see on West Midlands, man with knees out <laughs> scares punters. <Yeah>. So, sorry. <laughs> so, for those listening at home, we're recording on Thursday. This won't go out on Monday, so it'll be oh, a Friday they've before. The knees. Oh, they've missed no. the knees. Unless they've been here on a Friday, of course. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You may have seen some guy walking around with a huge beard and knees out. But that's all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you had any interesting questions on the Plant Expert stand today? None whatsoever. No, but, you know, we had, honestly, we've had a few. It's, we've had quite a lot about plants non-flowering. Yeah, um, that's true. Plants yes. growing in containers, maybe not growing as well as people think they might do, because obviously it's very convenient to grow stuff in containers, but it can be quite tricky to get the conditions right. So I've noticed that as a trend. What about do, you? Do you know, uh, night time temperatures, mm-hmm. although not sort of directly rated but I think a lot of the problems are especially with the tenders lots of canners bits and pieces coming over and just those nighttime temperatures although it feels pretty summery today and I'm sure most people actually even down with me in the west country down in Devon the nighttime temperatures have been single figures for a lot of the mm-hmm. nights through May and even into the first part of June so I think a lot of people's uh, tomatoes putting them a lot of tender veg going out that quite slow mm. and I've had to sort of say you know we're only just at the start of June yeah. Mm. Be, be, you know, calm down, things will happen. Just got to wait for those temperatures to rise. But actually, I tell you what, it's going to be hot tomorrow, but then Saturday, absolutely plummets in temperature. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be an interesting theme through this year is how late everything started. But yeah. I bet a lot of fruit, veg, flower is mm. going to happen later in the year than it would usually. You said a really great thing. This is actually a proper start to spring rather than <laughs> our very spring, mild spring yeah, yeah. or up it. and down springing of temperatures which really do does the plants you know brains in this has yeah. been quite a cold start and now we're sort of slightly warming up and ramping up so i think actually everything's going to do quite well later in the year mm. yeah mm. i've noticed also quite a lot of people more markedly and it's this happened for the last few years but definitely this year being organic you know, mm-hmm. differently, staunchly yeah. now, organic and no dig and peat-free compost and really wanting to do that much more than, say, five, six years ago. I think there's been a, obviously a general trend, trend towards that, but it, I've really noticed that yeah. now. And, and also to the pots and the bags mm-hmm. that people are taking home stuff, you know, that whole experience. Some people bring, a, a really interesting, and I forgot who, was, who did it, but they were using a cardboard pot as a temporary hold, it was an agapanthus, so that might have been Hoyland, I can't 100% remember, but just to hold the plant temporarily at the show, yeah. Yeah. so then, then they can get them back and plant them. So, and the lady who I was talking to was quite grateful because she's got hundreds of plastic pots. <laughs> you know, you go home from these shows and then you've got all these pots and what do you do with them? But instead there was cardboard, you stick them out in your display and then you can get rid of the cardboard. It's, I think that's quite an interesting way. I think it's these way. guys over here, there's a pot swap that the show yeah. have organised and you can bring your plastic pots and swap them for a biodegradable container mm. which again no that's yes you're right yeah. maybe it is them that, that was I say I think that's an innovation that the show organisers have thought about yeah. they're tapping into the public demand for being more environmentally conscious and, and, and mindful of our resources so yeah, it's brilliant yeah see I wish I'd known about that I would have brought thousands of pots <laughs> I have at home <laughs> we've all got them. we've all got do you know they're usually behind tucked behind the shed and my yeah. thing is oh yeah I'll use those yeah. there's some that's been there for 10 years yeah. and I haven't even looked at them yeah I put them in dustbins now to keep do them you? to store them and then do they you? just collect and then I need more dustbins to I've got hold a shed them. full of pots modules seed trays that's all there is in it and yeah. I go in there sometimes and just shut the door and look at them all and think what on earth am I going <laughs> to do but I will use, I know I will use them you know for propagating stuff selling plants on at home but yeah it's amazing how many you can get mm. my yeah my eight by six shed is full to the brim yeah. <laughs> see I always feel I can't throw them out I feel they're too good to throw oh, yeah. out yeah. Same here. they're not yeah. single use right. you know this is the thing about them we have to be careful about 
plastics and that the knee-jerk response is to say that all plastics are bad and I'm not saying they're not but there are some that are recyclable some that aren't single-use I've got uh, pots and labels and modular trays I've used in my garden for oh at least a decade you know so as long as we've got that mindset of being mm. conservation minded with our our resources I think that's the, the definitely the thing to be taking forward I tell you what, they're great for community projects mm. or you know school projects because they're always looking out for things to grow in. So if you can, if you've got like a hundred nine centimeters pot, and you know you've got a community project or a school down, you can say, look, I've got all these pots that your kids can use to grow, you know, cress, mustard, whatever mm. in. They're really fantastic for that. So, so I agree with you fully. I think uh, there's a place for them, but it's being mindful yeah. about how much we're using them in what context. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I have got a quick question for you guys, if that's all right. Well, we don't do that here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have bought a Sichuan, Sichuan pepper plant, Ooh. if I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. How do I go about growing it? Well, I've got one at home, and I've bought mine from the same nursery that you've bought yours from, Richard. I know that, a Jurassic Nursery. I bought mine about four years ago. And I actually haven't been too generous with the feeding and the watering. It's actually quite a robust little plant. Um, it's in a semi-shade position. It gets a little bit of sun. It's in a, I've potted it up into a, a, a decent-sized container. But actually, it seems to be fairly happy just doing its own thing. It will get, it's, it's actually put on about a metre of growth this year, which is phenomenal, I think, because I remember they're quite little plants when you purchase them and they're only about six inches high or so yeah. so yeah just you know don't don't pander to it too much but don't forget to water it to the point where it dies yeah it's a woody <laughs> plant it's, it's a tree in essence mm. so you treat it as such it's not it's not like your sort of typical shrub or, or you know top fruit it's, it's, yeah. it is in essence a tree so yeah. treat it like that rather than anything else yeah mm. right yeah yeah i say treat it not hard but not yeah. as, you, not don't as even, you don't need to mollycoddle it yeah. you really don't I haven't with mine and it's responding really well so mm. I say I just make sure I water it I don't feed it a huge amount I've potted it up I say it's a sort of you know dappled sunshine perfectly happy so give me another couple of years I might be able to give you some peppercorns <laughs> <laughs> I'll be about seven years behind you as well by the sounds of it as well but I tried growing these, these peppers from seeds a couple of years ago and they never germinated even though I yeah. followed all the instructions and watched loads of videos on how to do it but interestingly, I did a video on this on YouTube, and that's one of my highest viewed videos. Is so it? There's a lot of people looking into yeah. how to grow this. There's plant. some different species over there now as well. Have yeah. you noticed? There's not just the Sichuan. There's there's two or three others that have got slightly different flavours to them and different growth habits. So the world of pepper is undergoing a, a gradual, quiet revolution. Mm. So exciting yeah. times. It's interesting times. Now the second plant I've brought is a hairless kiwi. Um, what did you call it? It was a hardy kiwi, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it? like the, a kiwi it, berry. Yeah, it's it. kiwi berry. Yes. So a little small, th nothing like the kiwis you see, they come in clusters. It looks like a small uh, green gauge yes. in yeah. some ways. Hmm. And yeah, really, I'd not seen it before, so I was looking it up. It's really interesting. It, it's a bit more woody. It does climb, but it's not like the absolute massive monster that the normal kiwi... You, you've grown Jenny before, haven't you? And I've yeah. grown Jenny. It's a self-fertile, yeah. then it absolutely romps away. Yeah. So I'm really interested in seeing this in the future. I think you've, you've got one. Have you grown one? I've got one at home at the ah. moment, and this is the first year it's flowered. I actually bought mine... little white flower. Colchester cattle auctions, because they do a plant market there every weekend, and it's the first plant I've actually bought at an auction. So I had a bid for it. It was really exciting, but that aside, it's doing really nicely, and it's flowered for the first time this year. It's about two three years old but uh, probably about two foot high so 
bigger than yours at the moment. So yeah. when yours bogs up, the flowers are actually scented, which I hadn't appreciated. So little, little, little white, little, yeah, little yeah, white, sort of things. like they're green, white, okay. kind of cream, quite insignificant. But the scent, I was like, what is that smell? And I crouched down, and I saw that it was it was actually flowering. So it's quite a pretty fruit. When you cut through it, it has that classic kiwi look, but sort of a bit more refined. It looks quite. Mm. I think it'll look good in the pims, pims mm. glass. Yeah. I don't drink alcohol, so that's oh. wasted on me. Oh, <laughs> oh well, a, a nice a non-alcoholic cordial. <laughs> Out of flower cordial, we could try it in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, we there go. you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, this has been great to find this information out. Um, as I said, I've never grown either of these before, so interesting to see how we get on with that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, like I say, our fingers crossed they'll thrive in your hands. I'm sure they yeah. will. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Podcast going well. As always, uh, we you know yeah we're quite happy. We're into our third year now. Yeah. We've had really good feedback. People turning up and just telling us how much they love it. Um, if you're listening to Richard's podcast and you've not subscribed to ours, <laughs> go to Talking Heads on any good podcast provider. Subscribe. Uh, we yeah we come out weekly and yeah I, I do I say. I think we're now into our groove and it's quite an enjoyable, cathartic yeah. process for us, isn't it? We were saying, actually, as head gardeners, it's really nice to have a platform where you can just talk about your garden at length because we actually, between us, don't get the chance to do that with the owners no. of our estates because mm. mine's uh, an elderly lady. She's not ag- as agile as she'd like to be, so we don't get the chance to interact and your owners are often away. Yeah, a bit absentee. So actually, yeah. we've realised that it's just that we like to talk about our gardens to people who listen to us, which is rather lovely. Um, but yeah, the numbers each month they're going up we're loving that people are listening to it it's you know we're so flattered and and didn't really expect that to happen so yeah podcasts are, are fantastic aren't they oh, i mean yeah i love podcasts as everybody knows i mean hey, I would have done this. thank you, 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 <laughs> yes, you and lee exactly. are our inspiration for doing this you know if it wasn't for your podcast we wouldn't have done ours really well, that was one of the aims of the Veg Grower podcast, of course, to get other people to podcast. Mm. Well, you inspired us, and thank you so much for that. Mission accomplished. <laughs> well, this has been great chatting, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. And um, we'll see you again next year. Yeah, bring, bring ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> it is Monday, the 20th of June, 2020, and I'm back in the kitchen as we end off this podcast every week we are doing a cheap recipe and today I'm cooking a cheesy potato frittata and I'm hoping this is going to be delicious because I'm cooking it as we talk right now I'm pretty sure it will be delicious but what I've done 500 grams of um, new potatoes which are harvested from the allotment I've cooked those in a large pan of just boiled water for a couple of minutes then drained them and just left them to dry in the colander then what I've done I've just heated some olive oil in a frying pan added the potatoes and cooked those for five minutes and just turned them over a few times added a chopped onion and then cooked for another five minutes until all the onions were nice and soft and and golden added two cloves of garlic cooked for another minute and then in a jug i've whisked some six eggs which are from my chickens bit of milk bit of parsley and 50 grams of cheese with a bit of salt and pepper then i've added those to the pan with the uh, the potatoes and the garlic and the onions and then just left that to cook for about six seven minutes 
until golden brown underneath. Then I'll just finish it off under a hot grill for a few minutes until nice and golden on top. I've uh, added a link to the recipe that I have followed for this tonight in the show notes, if that's of interest to you. So before I finish off, I think I should just share my final thoughts on Gardener's World Live. This has been, I think, the fourth time that I've attended Gardener's World Live. And I really do enjoy my days out there, I've got to say. I do find that the talks are, if you are paying for a ticket, the talks are where you need to go and sit down and take in because it's very rare you can get that level of expert advice from the talks. I saw a few talks. I saw um, uh, Francis Tophill's talk on alternative ways of gardening. Really enjoyed that. Saw bits of Alan Titchmarsh's and Monty Don's talk as I was passing. I saw Aid from Agents of Field talk on uh, the good life and really good to talk. And there's a few other talks that I really did take in and enjoy. One particular area that I felt has been added in the last couple of years has been the Grow Your Own stage. Run by the National Vegetable Society, it's got everything that I want to know. It's about Grow Your Own. It's dedicated to Grow Your Own. And I just really, really did like that. Now, I'm pleased to say that even some of the shown gardens were incorporating Grow Your Own a lot more. There was a lot more veg in some of the show gardens. Marshalls, the seed company, they had a, a rather good-looking show garden of you know, these straight lines of vegetables, and, and Chard seemed to pay a lot of attention in these gardens. The Garden Organic also had a show garden, but they were also hosting talks and almost like how to do chats as well on their own show garden that was a very good one because what i liked about the garden organic show garden is that it was growing vegetables but it also was showing you how to garden organically so they had their tube for making comfrey fertilizer there they had straw bales they had a real good collection of ways that we can garden organically and i really liked that and of course my favorite garden of all was francis Tophill's rustic garden it just looks stunning it, well, i should describe what it looked like i guess in the center was this tower made out of corrugated iron as a shed and i really really liked it it reminded me a lot of a shed i used to have in my garden but it looked 10 times better to the side was a greenhouse made out of old windows which you know i love recycling but also the whole planting routine it was very very much like a really well well rustic and industrial feel to it that just worked as i said to saw and lucy there was a cement mixer with a rosemary plant i think i said fig tree in the top but a rosemary plant growing in it and i just liked those little touches that for me just added this different layer of looking at how we garden now of course not every garden is for everybody but uh, i liked it as for the stalls, there was a lot of stalls to go around and have a look at. I, I had spent a bit of time chatting to the stall holders. Um, if you're wondering what that noise is, sorry, that's Roxy. She's been a bit of a funny mood this evening. But um, yeah, there's a lot of stalls to go and look at, get some advice on the products, and also discounts. They were offering some good discounts if you buy at this show. So I do think, you know, you get a lot for your money. You do get a lot for your money. 
Uh, parking. It's, this is something that always annoys me, is paying to park at a site like that. It was nearly £17 to park for the day. So I've got to say, I do think it is a lot of money for parking. But I, but if you book in advance, it goes down to about £12.50 or something like that. Check it out when if you're looking to go. It probably changed between now and then anyway. But I think what they're trying to do is encourage more people to take public transport. It is possible to catch a train here. The airport is just across the road there, so there's certainly train stations nearby. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to going to a few more shows this year. Um, and I'm looking forward to going to a local show this year, which I'm actually going to be around to try and make to. So that's going to be really, really good. Well, that brings this podcast up to an end for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been great. I hope you have enjoyed it. And I hope you've given you a different insight into Gardener's World Live. We'll be back again next time. But as always, if you want to get in touch, it's richard at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk is my email address. You can head to the website at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can leave a voicemail or leave a comment. If you want to support this podcast, if you enjoyed it and feel it's worthy of a bit of a bit of a helping hand, please do leave us a review on your podcast services. Or sign up to become a member of the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. For that, I charge £5 a month. You get a collection of seeds delivered straight to your door every month, as well as extra behind-the-scenes podcasts. And finally, don't forget to find us on social media and follow and like or whatever it may be, depending on what social media station you are using. We'll be back again next time, so until then, please take care.